Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Join me today. He's a former MLS player, co-founder and owner of Beyond Goals Mentoring, and the director of player development of Georgia Alliance FC. It's Gregory Garza. How are you doing today, Gregory? Good, good. Thank you for having me on the show, bud. Well, we're so happy to have you on the show to talk about your Rise to the Challenge. What we like to do first is go right to the beginning. Talk about a little bit where you're from and what were you involved in growing up? Yeah, uh, originally from Dallas, Texas, uh, a little suburb called Grapevine, Texas. But, um, you know, being from Texas, being so big, you can be an hour away from Dallas and still say you're uh, from (laughs) Dallas, Texas. But uh, yeah, um, gosh, I would say growing up was a very active kid uh, in in all sports, playing in the streets, playing by myself. I was an only child. um, So I had the ability to just kind of go with everyone around the neighborhood, a lot of older kids um, as well. But uh, very active and sports-minded uh, kid. My mom was a baseball slash softball player uh, growing up, and you know, baseball was probably the main sport within, I guess you could say, my smaller family. Um, but uh, my dad, born in Mexico, raised his whole entire life uh, on the border um, of Texas and Mexico. But um, you know. Not, not much soccer involved within his life uh, at all whatsoever, but I was that kid that from four years old, I was playing baseball and soccer, um, you know, both at the same time, uh, very, very sports-minded kid um, that ultimately led to a, a pretty significant and important decision by the time I was probably about 10, 11 years old, um, I had the opportunity to just pick one. Um, and to be honest, I always tell people I was uh, a much better baseball player than I was a <laughs> soccer player, so... I think I chose the wrong sport. It would have, uh, would have made a lot more money in my career if I chose baseball. But at the end of the day as well, um, you know, it, it could be a, a much more cutthroat sport as well. Who knows? Um, but, but yeah, as a kid growing up in Dallas, Texas, uh, I grew up pretty fast playing both sports um, as much as I could and, and, and always had the mindset of wanting to get better each and every day. When you were playing sports at a young age, was it a way to kind of meet new people, learn how to interact with people, learn those life skills in a way to start off when you were growing up? Yeah, of course. I, I think you could say in a way, I do know a lot of kids that probably played to be with friends. Uh, I would say if you speak to most professional athletes um, and guys that, you know, probably held themselves accountable from a very young age. And I was that kid very hard on myself. Um, Those are probably the kids that usually made it um, to become a pro. So I I think for me, even at a very young age of being, you know, I think I started playing soccer when I was four and I played on a team that was all six year olds. And I was probably the most competitive one out there um, from a very, very young age. And I think I just had that, had that God given drive inside of me and also a huge push from my mom. Uh, my mom was the was the athlete person in the family, so she was she she pushed me um, always to the limits. Uh, never let me win in absolutely anything that I played with her, whether it was you know Nintendo <laughs> or whatever it was. Uh, never got to win. I don't think I could have beaten her in a race, um, you know, hundred yard dash or fifty yard dash, whatever it was. Probably the time I was about fifteen or sixteen. So um, you know, it was always the fun thing for kids to come over and you know race my mom or you know. Uh, play catch with my mom or stuff like that. Um, And I was always that kid and she was always pushing me to the limit as well. So um, I'd say in a way, yes, I I made some really good friends growing up in the game of soccer. Um, But then again, if you ask me today, you know, do do I still keep in contact with those kids when I was very young? Uh, Probably not because I think my journey, you know, uh, really took a turn at a very young age and and I grew up very fast. And I think that 
that mentality aspect of it, that competitive drive um, and want and will and passion and desire uh, really took over um, at a very young age. As we talk later in this interview about your soccer career, let's talk about the baseball part. What did you like about baseball? And if you could have seen yourself playing in the future, what position, what would have that dream been for you? Yeah, uh, gosh, I think every team I played for, I was always leadoff uh, hitter. So always the first hitter. I was very quick around the bases and I was always able to get a hit um, and get on base. Um, and then I played shortstop. So I was always that guy that, you know, probably mostly in control in the infield and, you know, always uh, knowing things. I think, I think one story my mom has for me, I think it was, uh, you know, paying, playing peewee or whatever it was we were playing. I was probably about five or six years old and I, I made a triple play all by myself. Um, so it was just one of those things to where I just had sports already embedded. Um, I just remember my dad was a salesman in telecommunications. He had a lot of friends that, you know, uh, we'd go to the stars game or we'd go to uh Mavericks game or we'd go to, um, you know, Dallas burn games. It was, it was always, always something that derived around what sports was for me. So, um, you know, I think I had the opportunity to see a lot of great players, whether, you know, I remember stars won the, 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 the NHL national championship when I was a kid. So, um, you know, Mavericks got, you know, uh, the championship when I was uh, a teenager, uh, Rangers got very close when I was a teenager as well. So it was, you know, always being, uh, having that sports minded, um, you know, embedded within what my body was, um, from a very, very young age and just being around it all the time as well. Um, you know, I think baseball to me, I mean, it was, it's, it's great to see now be in Atlanta and now have the Braves in the world series and kind of get a little revenge of what last year was, <laughs> even though I'm not from Atlanta, but I live here. And so it's great to, to, you know, really support, um, you know, the home team for us, but, um, yeah, it's, I'm still, looking at the ESPN app every single day, making sure what's going on and, 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 and to keep up every single day with the news. Because I think if, if I am able to connect with someone on the streets or somebody does stop me, um, you know, I want to know what's happening in all sports, not just the one that, uh, you know, ultimately I chose. What skills did you take from the baseball field onto the soccer field? What helped you become a better player in both of those games? Like what kind of skills did you take from those? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think that, just that competitive drive from the, from the very get go um, at such a young age. And I, and I have, uh, I probably have my mom to blame for that and my mom to thank for that as well. Um, you know, I was a very competitive person growing up. I always wanted to win, hated to lose uh, still today. Uh, I'm still, I still have that, that know-it-all, uh, you know, brain of, of wanting to win in absolutely everything, even if it's against all my kids right now, I never let them win anything. <laughs> Um, but you know, I think it's just passed down probably from generations to generations, just having that competitive drive. Uh, but, but going from baseball to soccer, you know, I just always remember loving both and wanting to do both. And I remember there were some days where I would literally finish a baseball game and get changed in the car. Cause we were driving, you know, hour and a half or two hours to go play a soccer tournament that was within the same season. Um, and those are things that, you know, I just, like I said before, sports was just embedded in my, in my brain and my body and soul. And, um, you know, uh, just that competitive drive If whether it was kickball at, at school or whether it was field day. Um, if I did not win a blue ribbon, it was the end of the world on every single field day when I was in elementary school. So, um, and, and I, I'm sure, you know, so many professional athletes and especially, you know, soccer players are all professional athletes. They can probably go back and tell you those exact same stories to where they just had that, you know, inner given God given, you know, competitive drive and want and will and desire to win at absolutely everything. And, um, you know, it is funny now that I've stepped into 
other roles within my life right now and able to see, uh, you know, the youth and, and, and kind of get my gauge of, you know, which kids are going to make it, which kids are not going to make it. And, um, if that competitive drive or that, that, that wanting that willingness and want and just desire to win and absolutely everything is not there. Um, then, you know, unfortunately it's, uh, you, you probably in my, in the back of my mind, it's probably saying, well, you know, that, that might be a, a vital and missing piece for that kid one day. Um, if he wants to truly make it, or if his aspirations are to make it, um, you know, to the highest, highest level. Um, but then again, that's, that's also my mind thinking back to when I was a kid. So, um, but it's, it's, it's now cool to see the, the difference of, of probably how I was and, and even comparison to, to my kids and, and, and all the kids I'm around today. Do you feel that, you know, sometimes people think that, oh, if they're only being competitive, that they have to win is always sometimes a negative because they don't look at the other aspects. But the way you're saying it is the competitive made you passionate about the things that you were doing. And do you feel that same way that it kind of showed the passion that you had for the sports that you were playing and that competitive drive? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, it's funny you asked me that because, uh, you know, I was able to watch uh, one of our younger teams and step in and help them a little bit and just kind of play around with them with Georgia Alliance the other day. And and, and at the end of the day, um, you know, at the end of the training session, I was sitting down, getting my boots off, getting my kids ready to come back home. And um, two of the boys came up to me and they asked me what types of players that I had played against, you know, all the greats that I had been able to share the field with or played against or mark and um, you know, and, and, and they just kept asking me, well, you know, which, which kid of yours is going to make it or which kid of, you know, which kid do you think you're going to push the most? And, and I just looked at him. I said, look, wh- why do you guys play the game? And they both looked at me and they said, well, we, we want to have fun. And I said, that's, that's all I played for my whole entire life. And that's all I can ask my kids to play for as well. That, you know, like I said before, that, that inner feeling of that competitive, that competitive drive, I think is already instilled and embedded within just certain types of people um, within those sports that we do play. Um, but at the end of the day, my escape, my uh, get away from reality, or, you know, as you, as you grow up, um, you know, I heard on TV today with the PSG and Marseille game, um, the commentator is saying, you know, each and every single one of these players, whether it's Lionel Messi or whether it's Mbappe or Payet, all the guys that, you know, have these huge names within the French league, um, they still have that inner child and that little boy within them, right? They dreamt yep. of this. They dreamt of this moment as a little boy. And even though they're grown men, and this is what we do, or this is what we did as our job, um, you know, our every single day job, that twenty four seven athlete, holding ourselves accountable to the highest uh, to the highest value of what we can be within that sport. Um, but at the end of the day, that little kid is always inside of us, right? Because every single day, whether it was me stepping on the training field or just having that ability to play professionally, um, or even with friends, or even with my kids or even, you know, with, with whoever it is that, that passion, um, that competitive drive is always still yep. there, but that passion, that desire will, will, will always be in forever. And even though I'm not involved with the game anymore in, in, in that capacity, but that drive and that passion, that desire will, will always be there. As you're getting older, was the route for your dream job is to be a professional athlete, or did you find something else that you wanted to pursue? Um, that's a good question. You know, I think when I, I became a pro at a very young age, um, you know, and I grew up very fast as well. Um, you know, many people ask me, you know, I left home at 12 years old. I had the opportunity to, 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 to go and pursue this dream that I had at such a young age. I left sixth grade, left my girlfriend, left all my best friends. Uh, my mom moved down with me, uh, to, to Sao Paulo, Brazil, and I got to train with, with the greats and, I think probably understand more so about, you know, becoming a player 
um, on and off the field uh, for me was 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 life changing and um, probably made me the person I am today and also made me the player that I was at that moment and, and, and really opened that door of opportunities um, for me in the end. But, um, you know, I think as I got older, uh, right when I did become a pro, I still promised my, my parents and my family that, you know, education is, is still very important. Um, you know, I think at that moment in my life, I probably could have gotten a full ride to very good colleges um, because of the sport that I played and how, how well I did it. But, you know, it was my ultimate dream to become a pro, but still made that promise to my parents that, look, you know, obviously I retired at 30 years old and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not something that's going to last you forever. So you have to be, you know, capable um, and willing to learn other things and other traits and other, uh, you know, perfecting other crafts. Uh, within what the world offers but um you know I think within that age when I did become a pro I tell I told myself that I wanted to be an agent uh, I did sports management in college and I also um did a, got a bachelor's in sports management and got a, a associates in international business I think just having the ability to speak so many different languages and, and connect with so many different people around the world um those were the two things that I I wanted to focus on um and then I think a lot of agents after my career I'm not sure if that's uh that was the, uh, the, the, the true role that I wanted. I think after really understanding, you know, my, my ultimate goal in life was to, you know, help kids or help youth, uh, follow that same dream and path that, that I had at, at one point in my life. And, um, you know, I think after being on the business side of, of what it is to be, um, a professional athlete and how cutthroat it is, how dog eat dog it is, you know, the, the bureaucratical and the business aspect of it, um, it kind of made me shy away from from having those uh, you know aspirations or dreams uh, after retiring. So um, you know I, I still uh, have my agent license with me right after I recently retired, just in case of opportunities, because you never know what doors can be open for you. But um, you know I think at the end of the day, I think working with the youth and trying to find a way to develop um, you know develop the youth in the best way possible, rather than just thinking back to myself, okay, I was, uh, you know, I was a, a good piece of steak for, for quite a, for quite a while throughout my whole entire career. And I think a lot of people probably just saw me as that piece of steak, uh, rather than the person I was, or, you know, the, the character I had inside or, you know, anything else. So, um, you know, that's, that's the, that's the cutthroat part of it. Whenever you start getting older and you gain that experience and understanding the the job side of it, the business side of it, which is, uh, which is a tough one to understand um, for a lot of people and uh, on the outside and the, and, and the exterior part of, of what the soccer world or professional athlete world can be. But, um, you know, I think I did make the right decision now and to be involved with the youth and, and hopefully one day continue, um, you know, that dream of, of, of changing the game and, and continue to develop a country where soccer is you know, immensely growing. If you would have done it over again, would you still go and be a pro or start training at a young age? Or would you try to like live out your childhood or like those days with being growing up before 18 and live out those days before making that transition? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gosh, these are, these are questions um, that are asked, you know, whether from a sports psychologist or even from counseling or, you know, there's a lot of things that we go through as, as people and as professional athletes that, you know, those, those moments I never had as a kid, um, leaving home at, you know, 12 years old. Um, and I think a lot of kids, um, and a lot of players ultimately have that very same journey. Um, you know, there, there are different aspects and different perspectives of, of, of what type of journey that may be, but, um, leaving home at such a young age uh, to come into a completely different culture, um, you know, adapting to life in so many different ways and just growing up so fast. 
um, is, is something that, uh, you know, I think if I could go back in time and do it all over again, I would, um, I would do absolutely everything exactly the same. Um, because I think, you know, throughout all of our, uh, experiences, and even though we, we have mistakes within our lives, we, we, we gain experience with, with all those things that we do decide to, to do within our lives, uh, whether personal or professional. Um, but for me, I think with, without making those decisions at such a young age, it probably wouldn't have allowed me um, to, to have that success or, you know, to have that, uh, that, that maturity and, and certain moments to, to get past, uh, certain types of whether adversity or whether success or that humbleness and humility of, of just knowing that, um, you know, tomorrow is never promised within, within a, a career like that. So, you know, I think, um, I think I, I made all the right decisions in choosing that path, uh, the way that it was, even though it was at such a young age. I mean, I had the support from my parents and, and, and my mentor and, um, you know, uh, a lot of people that, that have always been in my corner um, since a very young age. There's only a select few, but um, those people have always been uh, my, my biggest fan support, um, you know, on and off the field within every single um, aspect and, and non-judgmental way uh, whatsoever. So that's definitely needed. Uh, I think if I could go back and maybe go to, you know, a couple homecomings or a prom or, you know, um, uh, you know, it's, and, and then I think to myself, it's, that was, that was never me as a child, you know, that was never me as a kid. Um, even in my teens, I was already a pro, but, um, you know, I, I was the guy that, you know, if all those kids were within Portugal saying, you know, when I became a pro were saying, Hey, let's, let's go out tonight on a Thursday night and let's, you know, go clubbing or whatever it may be. We'll stay out all night and we'll, we'll be able to make it in time for training. That was, I was never that kid because I was always just so focused on perfecting my craft. And, uh, that was nothing that ever, um, really drew to my attention, um, of, of, of wanting that lifestyle. So I can say, you know, I never got to live that college lifestyle, um, of being around so many people and meeting so many different people. But, um, I think I've always just had that mindset of being so dedicated to something that I do have that true passion and desire for, that um, those things really never, never interested me, um, you know, and I was that kid uh, also growing up that within those kids that were going out on a Thursday night, I said, look, I, I'll go out to dinner with you guys. I'll have a nice cup of coffee and sit down with you guys for a bit, but then I'm going to go home and get my rest and do my injury prevention stuff or whatever it may be to prepare myself to be um, the best I could be that next day. So you rather show your fancy footwork on the soccer field instead of the <laughs> dance club, obviously. Right, right. I dance and yeah, I've had major hip surgery on both sides, man. So no, uh, no, no dancing there. What was something fun about living in another country and learning about that culture while you were training and preparing yourself for your future? Yeah, um, at such a young age for me was, uh, I, th- I already said it before, but it was, it was life-changing. Um, a life-changing experience to where, um, you know, my best story that I can give is that I was just that regular kid with, uh, you know, regular American kid. My mom didn't work. Um, my dad had a pretty, you know, average job, a salesman in telecommunications, and he traveled every single week. So he made that jump to Brazil when I was 12 years old. Um, like I said, average American kid. I had my Game Boy Color uh, playing Pokemon all day. That's all I was doing <laughs> in my time off. Uh, every single color of Pokemon, whatever it may be. And, you know, whatever it was I was doing and, you know, super smash bros was that, that too, whatever it had, you know, whatever was going on and, you know, whether it was Nintendo or whatever it may have been, but getting to Brazil, um, taking that stuff with me 
and then getting a glimpse, you know, and a just um, an eye-opening experience of seeing these kids that have absolutely nothing, um, that are in the same shoes as I was, but not in the same shoes as I was, uh, and and having the same aspirations. I mean, and having the same dreams, and having the same want and will and desire, um, but they were not as fortunate as I was. And that was uh, from that moment on of being so young uh, at such a young age, and seeing that um, was was like I said, life-changing, eye-opening. Um, seeing kids come down from the favelas or riding the bus to training at such a young age. Um, and here I was living with my mom and having the opportunity, um, you know, to, to, to be with a foster family or, you know, like I said, have the same aspirations and dreams as these kids, but um, you know, also having the ability to, if this doesn't work out, I can always go back to the United States and continue to live that um, so-called American dream. Right. Whereas for these kids, uh, this is, this is their only way way out of, 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 you know, living in a, a very impoverished um, community or, you know, a very impoverished uh, uh, lifestyle. And, and, and that was that to me, um, just the drive and will and want and desire that they had and uh, showing that in every day in training. And that really taught me a lot. And just, you know, um, being on the same field as those guys and, and, and realizing, okay, uh, these guys truly want it. They, they are able and willing to give, you know, sweat, blood, tears, whatever it is every single day, because they know that this is their ticket out, um, to, to, you know, not only leading by example, uh, for themselves, but also to provide for their parents, to provide for their whole entire families. I mean, you see it all the time. And that for me was why I said, you know, I think, um, leaving home at such a young age was, was not only a great thing. If I had to go do it over again, I would, because it not only made me the player on the field, but also made me the player off the field as well. Um, and just having that humbleness and having that humility and wanting to, um, you know, always care and give back to others and just um, knowing, knowing that uh, we, we are very fortunate to be American. That's for sure. I love that you mentioned about you pursued sports management. I'm a sports management major and learning that kind of side of the sporting athletic um, industry is just so interesting because you come from one side where you're the performer, you're on the field playing, but then you're learning about the, what goes on behind the scenes that can help you grow as an individual. And when you're in those talks about certain discussions that you have that knowledge, what's something during that time that you learned that kind of helped you in your career? Uh, in what ways within what sports management brings an international business or, or. Yeah. Did you have, did you learn a concept that maybe helped you like when, as an athlete or even post your career? Within what college gave me goodness. I'm not, I'm not, I, I think. I'm not sure how to answer that one because I, you know, I, I go back to, you know, I was a very good student. Um, you know, I was a very good, uh, you know, ethical person to where I always wanted to do, you know, everything's very morally correct when I was a kid, um, especially within school and, and, and held my, held my grades to a very high standard, even with college, I'm doing it online and still being a pro and trying to focus on, you know, continuing my career at the best, the best and highest level possible. Um, I think now within my career, I think once I did finish school, it was a huge relief for me to then just completely focus on what I truly, truly wanted in life, which was to continue to build my career. I think maybe more so in the business aspect of it um, probably helped me with a little bit of just understanding contracts, understanding, you know, language, um, understanding, you know, grammar that's within contracts, everything that has to do with whether it was sponsorships or whether it was agents or whether it was, you know, 
um, club contracts or league contracts, so many different things to where, yeah, sports management does do a lot um, for you within that uh, manner. But I think now retiring, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say so because, you know, um, you know, I always tell people that unfortunately within our, our line of business, we are, we are dedicated to a specific routine and ritual for so long um, that it just doesn't allow us to have any experience in absolutely anything else. And I think uh, right after retiring, whether it was me, you know, applying to over a hundred jobs and doing tons of interviews in, in the corporate world um, and just understanding that, you know, I could be highly qualified for something, uh, you know, I'd make it through interview number one and make it through interview number two and make it through interview number three. And that last interview um, was always what experience do you have in, you know, sports management? What experience do you have in, whether it was marketing, what experience do you have in international business or in sales or whatever it may be. And, um, you know, unfortunately I had to say, you know, this is, I, I was very fortunate to be able to sell myself to other clubs or to sell my own product to sponsorships or sell, you know, so many different things or my face was my, was my yep. objective to sell. Right. But, um, you know, unfortunately within the corporate world, that's, that's not so. Um, so that, that was, uh, that was a bit eye opening for me as well. And just understanding that, okay, within all the connections and all the people that I have met within soccer, these are, these are the right connections you need also for the corporate life as well. Um, and, and that, that was also a bit eye opening for me. So I think that, that, that answer kind of goes both ways within, within my career. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, it is, it is something to where it probably did help me quite, quite a bit in understanding contractual terms and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. But, um, now not playing anymore. Uh, gosh, it, I hate to say it, but you know, <laughs> it's all, it's all about, it's all about who, you know, unfortunately, you know, um, and, and that's, that's a, that's a tough one to grasp. I think, you know, for a lot of us, whenever we retire, it's a very life and death, you know, situation to where, like I said, you're so used to doing one routine and sticking to one ritual every single day for, for myself, it was, I left home at 12. So it was for 17 years of my life. I did the exact same thing every single day, um, you know, and had 14 days off a year or, you know, 10 days off a year. Um, so that's a lot of days doing the exact same thing and creating that specific routine of eating certain types of food or not drinking something or, you know, just holding yourself accountable to the highest standards. And whenever that's just completely gone, uh, you know, it is that, that death experience of just trying to now create new routines and create new rituals for yourself, um, you know, to kind of just cope with that life and death experience of what just happened, but also just trying to create a new pathway for you to continue on in life. The sports world, especially the sports industry, is so tough with jobs. Like coming out of college for me, it's like, like you said, it's who you know gets you to that interview or get to that position. And it's almost like a lot of us are trying to go like different avenues or take like the long route to eventually get where they are. But you kind of mentioned when I asked what was the best experience about living abroad and it's the or the path, would you change anything and do that again? The, every path gets you to where you want eventually. It just depends on the path that you take. And I think each stage I'm taking, I'm learning about myself and learning what I can and can't do and growing, and I will get there eventually. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree with that. You know, I think uh, another thing that I learned also as being a player and, and able to tell rookies or tell kids that were coming up through the ranks when I did gain that experience, which I think is 
the most important thing in life is gaining experience, whether yep. it's professional or personal or whatever it may be. Um, but those, those were the types of players. I'll just reiterate on that. Those are the types of players that I looked for when I was playing, when I was young, I wanted to see the guys that were 35, 36. I wanted to see how they played. I want to see how they took care of their bodies. I want to see how they held themselves accountable every single day, because those, those were the guys that you were going to learn from, not the guys that were going out and clubbing, not the guys that were going out and having a good time. They might've been living life to the fullest, but guess what? That, that one day was probably going to catch up to them. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I think, for me, I'll go back to what I wanted to say is that, um, you know, like you just said right now, I would probably tell every single rookie or every single person that I was playing with that was a young kid or, excuse me, just coming up through the ranks that, you know, every player slash person has their moment. Um, whenever it may be, that's that's only God-given. You know, he has his own personal uh, legend already written up for you, and you just kind of have to follow, continue to follow that path. But um, you know, I'd always tell kids that, look, you're, you're going to have your moment and you just have to be mentally, emotionally, physically, and completely prepared uh, for when that moment is, because uh, you never know when somebody's watching, you never know when you have that opportunity, when that window or door of opportunity is open. Um, but as long as you're prepared in, in the best way possible, and that's, that's kind of been my whole entire career of just always having that one single opportunity of, you know, this is it or nothing. And, and, you know, fortunate enough, it, it just with a little luck on my side and, a lot of a lot of hard work um, and a lot of resilience. Um, you know, things always happened for the best. Was there a moment in your soccer career, like when you signed the contract for a certain team or a league, that you're like, "Wow, I'm here! I've made I've made it!" Almost. Yeah. Um, no, no, because I think I always had had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to continue to work from for more. You know. Um, you know, that, that had that ambitious mindset, but knowing that a lot of hard work came with it. Um, I would say the only moment that I ever had that realization um, and affirmation was when I was playing with the full national team. I had debuted in Czech Republic in 2014. Um, and I was a kid that did absolutely every single age group of the youth national team of what United States soccer offered. Um, so I was, you know, in every single age group from U14s, I remember going to the first camp when I was 12 years old, going to Boston, um, and then going up all the way to U15s, you know, U17s, U18s, U20s, U23s, and then making it to the full team and debuting in that game. Um, I think right before stepping on as a sub, you know, whatever minute it may have been, you know, 58, 60 minute, whatever it may have been, Stepping onto that field, I think my, I just had a whole life, you know, flash right in front of me of just seeing myself as that little boy, what kind of hair I was wearing, you know, what kind of hair I had, whatever it may have been, what jerseys were, the sponsorships on those jerseys, I could have told you exactly how my life led up to that moment. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that was a realization of saying, okay, you made it, but that was a realization of saying all that hard work paid off, you know, um, and, and uh, you know, just talking about it gets my gets my emotions up and just gets my hair standing up on my arms. But, um, you know, I think that, that, that moment for me was definitely a realization that, okay, you know, all the hard work, the passion, desire, and the sacrifices that you made of leaving home at such a young age at doing so many different things. Um, you know, this is where, this is where it comes true. So, um, yeah, for me, that was a huge moment of realization. Talk about your journey in the MLS. What was that first team that you played for and how was that experience for you? 
Yeah. Um, MLS was uh, a revival of my career opportunity. Um, you know, I was uh, probably at the lowest peak of my career whenever I signed for Atlanta. Um, that was probably a year and maybe four or five months after being at the complete high peak of my career. Um, I had uh, not suffered, but just, you know, had major hip surgery on both sides and uh, took a lot of sports hernias out of, you know, places, you name it. Um, and just uh, had had a lot of surgeries all at once. Uh, you know, I was starting on the U.S. men's national team at left back, a huge prospect, still pretty young. Um, and, and I felt like my world just, you know, uh, crumbled right in front of me and, and, and deciding to get some work done from just the wear and tear that my body had had from probably never taking a true rest, uh, just always putting my body through so much and being that kind of gladiator spirited player of just putting my body into absolutely everything without thinking of the consequences or the aftermath of it. Um, and unfortunately had a major surgery in 2015, um, September and October, and then, uh, signed with Atlanta, what, uh, December, uh, well, yeah, January 1st of 2017. So there you go. That was, you know, a year and four year and four months, year and five months of, of, or a year and four year and three months of not playing, uh, a single game of soccer and, and just going through the recovery and rehab pro process of, um, you know, dealing with the ups and downs of what adversity truly is the mental aspect of it. So many different roller coasters of, just emotions. Um, and so, yeah, Atlanta gave me that opportunity. I think, um, you know, it was either Atlanta or a couple of the other clubs that were within the MLS. And I, I decided to go with the new project. They seemed to have the most interest and um, had absolutely no idea of what the project was, but just, uh, just, you know, threw myself out there and said, okay, this is a moment for me to kind of continue to show people, uh, you know, what I'm made of. And also myself, I had to prove that to myself as well, because I was uncertain if I was going to be that same player uh, again. I was uncertain if I was going to be able to hit my, you know, highest peak of, of, you know, uh, ability of what I had to offer and, you know, all those different emotions come into play. So um, yeah, Atlanta was a complete revival move uh, for me um, within my career. And uh, fortunate enough, it was the absolute hundred percent most, you know, correct and best decision I could have ever made because uh, it did revive my career in so many different ways. That same year, I made the all-star team, got to play against Real Madrid, uh, had an unfortunate event, dislocated my shoulder in that game. But, you know, oh. I can, I can, I can say, you know, I've been there, done that and got to do so many different cool things. And next year, when when a uh, MLS championship with them. So, and being a, a pretty, uh, huge, you know, um, component and, you know, key, key factor to, to, uh, that success within the team. So, um, you know, I think not only from outside the locker room and on the field, but also inside the locker room of just playing, um, you know, a huge role within what our team was and, 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 then having that international business aspect of it come into play and being able to speak so many different languages and connect so many pieces of the missing puzzle, um, that was, that was needed to be, that needed to be there within our team. And, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, just was able to, like I said, revive my career in such a special way, play for the national team once again after that. Um, and, and yeah, that was a, another moment of resilience, another moment of understanding that, you know, anything is absolutely possible. It doesn't matter what kind of hips you have. It doesn't matter what kind of shoulder you have. It doesn't matter what kind of how many surgeries I've had within my career and all the adversity that I've been through. It was just uh, another moment to prove not only to myself um, and not prove to others, because I think at the end of the day, you know, you're always going to face 
criticism, wherever it may be, and that pressure. And that's the life that we chose to live in. That's the life that we all choose to live in. But um, I think just really proved to myself that, you know, I was able to once again, do it again, or once again, be back out there and play something and have that willingness and competitive drive again to, 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 to win, right. And to do something I love and have fun and uh, have been able to go on so many different roller coaster moments, so many ups and downs. Um, and it's been, a, it's been a really fun ride. How many surgeries have you had? Um, I have one more on November 22nd, I have to do facial reconstruction. Um, I've broken my nose four times. I've had like two and a half surgeries with it. Um, so I need to, I have a lot of, uh, sinus disease that's close to my eye sockets. That's close to my brain, uh, that they have to go in and, and, and completely reconstruct. They have to take some skin graft, um, and also some fascia from behind my ear and the skin layer of where my brain is. And then also reconstruct some things that is going to be my, maybe eighth or ninth surgery within my life. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, every, every, uh, after life of what anesthesia is for me, it's like being born all over again. So I'm quite used to it. Every time you come out of anesthesia, just thinking that, okay, well, life starts all over <laughs> again. This is what it must feel like, uh, being in the afterlife or whatever it may be when you, uh, hopefully ascending up to heaven, but you know, it's, uh, uh, every time you come out of surgery for me, it's always one of those moments of goodness gracious. Yes. Yeah, I can't believe they were able to make me sleep for, you know, six, seven hours to do some crazy surgeries on me. But, um, uh, yeah, I think right now, I've, uh, from the very probably first two, um, you know, my heart rate was probably sky high and, you know, to where my sixth, seventh or eighth or whatever it may have been, um, they probably were asking, you know, why is your heart rate so darn low? You know, uh, it's, it's one of those things that you said again, you know, been there, done that, and uh, now have the experience of <laughs> what I'm about to, uh, you know, immerse myself in once again. So um, hopefully this is my last surgery. Uh, I'm sure I'll need a hip replacement by the time I'm a certain age as well, but um, this is hopefully my last uh, recent soccer related um, you know, surgery that, that I'll have to, uh, won't have to deal with anything else for a pretty long time. Well, you said it earlier in the interview, gladiator kind of mentality right there, just going through all the injuries and still being able to get out there and continue to play. It just shows the, the competitive and the passion that you have for the sport. When you were on the MLS champion team after that season, did you feel that what is else is there to accomplish? You've got the championship and been part of the team, or was that something like you wanted to keep going to see, can I win another one on another team? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I think, and you look at, you look at the highest paid players in the world, or you look at the, you know, highest driven players in the world, the guys that have achieved it and won world cups or won, you know, uh, UEFA champions league titles or have won, best player in the world six times in a row or seven times or however it may be, those guys have won. Um, and you ask yourself at the same thing, you know, what, what drives them to continue to just want more and more and more. And I think it's, like I said, it's just that God given inner, you know, subconscious uh, and consciousness of just knowing that competitive drive that you have within you to always want to uh, succeed and get better and get better and get better um, no matter what it is. And, um, you know, I think that's something that I tell all my players today. And, you know, also our kids is just that you have that opportunity to always get better. So, um, you know, however you can use it and do it, you, you have to take that opportunity always. Is there a moment besides the championship that what is a proud moment of yours in your career? 
Proud moment. Uh, well, I was able to win the championship also in Mexico and also here in the MLS. So those are probably really proud moments, uh, uh, I think, to myself. But I think uh, the most the, the most special one is the one I mentioned before of just, uh, you know, having the opportunity to play for my country and represent my country at the highest level. Um, not many people get to do that. Uh, so there's only a select few, you know, if you, it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, we, we, we go through the, uh, the odds and, you know, the percentages of, you know, how many kids make it out of college or what the percentile or they're sorry, what the percentage rate is of somebody making out of an academy or, you know, you look online or you search on Google, um, and you look and it's like point less than 0.5 of however many kids are within that academy are going to make it. And, you know, or at the high, at the highest academy or mm-hmm. you know, they're going to college, it's even probably less for college, you know, all the college players, what, what, what's the percentage rate of them making it and able to play at the highest level. Um, and that's just playing at the highest level. Now you go on the percentage rate of what it is to play at the highest level and represent your country. Um, you know, I, I'm sure it's, you know, very, very, very small. So, um, you know, I think if I were able to, um, you know, not, not necessarily brag, but just, you know, have a very high moment of myself and say that that's the most proud I've ever been of myself. Um, it is representing my country at the highest level because you are standing there as one of the best players within your country competing for, um, you know, something that you love. And I'm, I'm a true patriot at heart. Um, and that patriotism just, you know, flows through your body whenever you hear that, uh, you know, that national anthem. Um, and see the banner wave or, you know, whatever it may be, see the flag wave um, and just know that you are there representing uh, not only just those other 10 guys that are standing there with you or the other guys on the bench or wherever it may be when you step on the field, but also um, every single person that was, that is within that stadium and every single person that is watching you um, on national television. So um, I think probably most pressured moments, but most proud moments that, uh, help me deal with those pressures. Uh, you know, just knowing that, okay, uh, I've made it, I've done it, I've succeeded. That's, that's, that's probably the most moment. Like I said before, if there's been a moment to where I can say, um, I have made it or I've everything, the realization of all the hard work has paid off. It's definitely those moments. How did you finally figure out that it's now my time to retire or I need to retire? Was it a hard process in making that decision or did you know that it was best for you to make that decision? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a difficult one to speak about uh, because, you know, I think ultimately I probably did have a few more years left in the tank to, to continue to drive on and do. Um, had some personal life changes and, and a lot of different things that, you know, really led um, to just, you know, deciding differently of what path I think was, was best for not only for myself, but also for all the loved ones around me. So um, you know, I think that 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 has a huge part in, in play within it. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, I'm, I'm definitely at peace um, with my decision. But like I said before, it's really that life and death um, situation of, you know, uh, taking something away from you to where you're so used to doing it every single day can be um, it can be a challenge. So, uh, you know, I think I have done a, a pretty good job. And, you know, those very few first months for me were, you know, I woke up, I would lay on the couch and I had absolutely no idea what to do with my life and just kind of just sat there in complete awe and, you know, confusion of what path I should take. Um, and, you know, I think uh, especially with, with beyond goals with, with, with Michael Parkhurst, another uh, former player and former teammate of mine and 
having the opportunities of, of doors being open with Georgia Alliance, a small club here within uh, Atlanta and them opening the doors for me. And that also being another former teammate of mine, um, you know, I think those opportunities come uh, because they need to happen, right? Uh, every, like I said, everything is already written for us and those opportunities came and uh, really helped me feel that passion once again and say, okay, this is, this is where my life has led to go, even though I'm, you know, dealing with something that is dead uh, and it will never be once again, but you know, this is, this is where the life comes into play once again. Um, and, and, and it's, it's, it's very tough for me to go, you know, I've been to uh, maybe two or three now Atlanta United games and just to see that field and know that, you know, essentially I could probably still be out there and still be doing uh, what I, what I loved most. Um, you know, th those are hard, hard moments to cope and deal with. Um, but I think ultimately, like I said, I'm, I'm definitely at peace because now I get to live others' dreams and I get to uh, provide those dreams to all those loved ones around me too. I was going to ask if watching the game, it kind of gets your itch to get kind of work and get back out there. But it sounds like you kind of still get to be a part of soccer in different avenues, but you still get to have that passion and enjoy it with Georgia Alliance FC. So you don't have to be on the field, but you still get to be a part of the sport in a way. Yeah, of course. And I think even with Beyond Goals Mentoring, you know, I think uh, even even more so with that, because that is where my true passion and desire lies of where I was that 16-year-old becoming a pro and saying, okay, what do I want to do with my life after soccer? And it was creating opportunities for these kids to succeed and creating them uh, like I said, of becoming an agent, right? That was my ultimate goal. And taking these kids that once I'm a certain age, taking these kids that have the same aspirations, same dreams as I did and guiding them the right ways. Um, and, and that's exactly what I get to do right now um, without selling them to different clubs. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the ultimate goal for, for Michael and I of just uh, understanding that, you know, uh, the, the mindset, the mental aspect of what it is of holding yourself accountable um, if soccer is truly something that you want to take serious and just dealing with coping with, um, you know, the external and exterior pressures that kids go through these days. Um, you know, uh, I think with, with that business that we have created, um, it's been uh, so essential to so many kids, of, you know, getting feedback and reviews of uh, just them having someone that they can relate to and talk about absolutely anything in life um, whatsoever. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because I always tell people or the parents or people that I talk to and say, you know, I can tell all my kids that, you know, they need to do something and they're not going to make it. And it'll just go one in one ear and just right out the other. And, <laughs> but if they hear Michael Jordan say it, or if they hear LeBron James or whoever it may be, say it on, you know, uh, a commercial or whatever it may be, the exact same thing. It just has that much more of an impact um, because those guys have actually done it in those ways. And, even though I was a professional soccer player, they don't probably don't see me as that, you know, <laughs> but if, if they had uh, somebody else within, you know, uh, a big time player with Atlanta United say something, oh, that would probably, you know, resonate with them and really sit with them and, and help them and guide them um, in special ways. And that's truly what we're doing as well. We're sharing that experience. We're sharing that wisdom, um, but we're also sharing those tools and, and you know, that those guides um, and, and guidance of, you know, what it really takes to, to reach your full potential and, Ultimately for us, it's not, you know, talk to us, you're going to become a professional soccer player. It's talk to us and, and, and learn these key components um, and tools of, of, of being the best that you can be, not only on the field, but also off the field. Like I said, from the very beginning, I was very fortunate enough to have so many people within my life and, you know, uh, 
same thing with, with Michael and all, I'm sure a lot of different professional athletes that, that, that had that ability um, to, to have someone in their corner to kind of guide them through the wrongs and the rights of, of what it took. Um, and, and for us, uh, and, and even in my life, I still have mentors and guides that, that, uh, you know, really teach me every single day to continue to be a better person. And, uh, the, the best thing is also learning from these kids as well. You know, I'm able to share my expertise, share my experience, share my wisdom of something that was, uh, you know, so passionate to me and, and, and such in so many different ways. And you can see that passion and desire within their eyes and within their voices of wanting to become the best that they can be. But, uh, on the flip side, being on the other side of the screen or being with them in person, um, you know, it's, 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 you, you learn a lot from them as well. And, and understanding that every kid is so different. Every kid has their own ways of thinking, their own ways of holding themselves accountable. Um, but that dream remains the same, right? That dream always remains the same. And having someone that's in their corner and can kind of guide them through and, and help them in any way whatsoever and relate to so many different things um, is much needed in the world that we live in today, for sure, especially with social media, especially with so many different ways um, that, you know, things can happen. But um, them having someone that they can relate to is, I think, is super important. Let's talk about the creation of Beyond Goals Mentoring. How did you and Michael meet and how did this um, kind of business create? Yeah, um, well, he was the captain on that 2017-2018 Atlanta United team that had so much success. Um, we shared you know, side-by-side lockers uh, for those two years. Um, so became really good friends. We're roommates for a while as well, um, while we traveled. So, um, you know, I think it was just this, excuse me, this accumulation of just moments within our career of, like I said, gaining that experience, which is the most important thing for me. And, um, you know, I think for us, it was just seeing so many rookies, um, go up through the ranks or seeing young kids have that opportunity and just not have the, they, they had the God-given talent. They had everything they needed to succeed, but they were just missing all the other tools, right? They were missing that 24 seven athlete mindset. They were missing the tools of, you know, um, injury prevention. They were missing the tools of just dealing and coping with pressure. And it's, it's not for everyone, is it? You know, it's, it's making it to that highest level is, is not for everyone, but understanding and gaining that experience for us and, and gaining all those tools, that's what we wanted to um, really deliver and uh, offer to these kids that are coming up the ranks and these kids that are coming up through the academies or at club level that do have these aspirations and desires, but, um, you know, are just dealing with the amounts of pressure or going through different things that they, they're not understanding or um, give them, you know, the ability to look through video footage and give them our own soccer IQ and our own soccer um, wisdom and experience what, what we see and how we can help them uh, improve, always improve, right? Um, so I think the idea came from that of just seeing so many kids, you know, ultimately not make it right. You know, I think, you know, uh, if you've been involved with sports your whole entire life or, you know, you look back when you played whatever sport it was when you were a kid and you think to yourself, gosh, why did that, why did that kid not make it? You know, he was, he was the best one on the team because I wasn't, I, I was probably one of the, always the best ones on the team, but there were kids that were better than me when I was a kid. Um, and, you know, ultimately those kids didn't make it. So, what are the reasons behind why those kids didn't make it was the, you know, the structure of their family off was the support system, not there where, uh, you know, did they not have the right mindset to completely hold themselves accountable with all, you know, with all that was going within their life, were they not a good student with so many different components and aspects of what make you reach that highest and full, you know, potential as a player slash person. Um, and, and, you know, I think it got to a point for us to where, you know, we had seen it too much. Um, 
and 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 you look at you know um you look at the olympics this year and you know people dropping out because they can't deal with the mental uh pressure they can't deal with what social media says or you look at uh soccer players or nba players or nfl players also you know going on social media to rant and say you know there's so much criticism this is really heartbreaking or it's so hard to deal with or whether what, whatever it may be uh you know, that, that, that plays a huge and vital role, I think, in a lot of not only these kids' lives, but also in professionals' lives. Um, so I think just dealing with that pressure and, and knowing how to, um, you know, really just exit out and kind of block out all the external um, and exterior, you know, criticism and, and, and pressure that may be there and always focusing on that true goal and that true dream. Um, that's what we really want to implement. Have you guys faced any challenges during the time of Beyond Goals mentoring with the pandemic, or has it been something where you learn from each step that you guys have taken? Yeah, of course. Uh, gosh, we 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 haven't we were not created within the pandemic. We've only been up and running, uh, I think, since the uh, beginning of September. So we've only been up and running as a business for uh, what six weeks. Uh, seven weeks. Uh, and it's, and it's also, it's already been so great. Um, just being able to connect with so many different people, um, and, and having already, uh, a lot of kids looking up, uh, to us and looking up to, you know, um, just having a guide within their lives, uh, whether, you know, I'll give you an example of whether it's kids that, you know, have, uh, or are dealing with, uh, injury kids that, have uh, unfortunately gotten cut off of an MLS Academy team or kids that are aspiring Academy players or whatever it may be Uh, kids that are just youth kids that just want that confidence and, you know, want that will and want to know what it takes to get to that next level or, you know, uh, just looking for advice in general, Uh, even have a kid that completely quit soccer and just wants to talk to somebody about it, you know, because, um, you know, I've also related in, in, in those areas to where, you know, you go through these types of mindset through as a player. And, and, and at the end of the day, you can't blame um, anyone. And sometimes it's hard for those kids to talk to their parents about those things to where they can have someone to talk to each and every day, um, you know, just to, to that can relate and be in their same shoes and, and understand what they're going through and just give them guidance and, uh, you know, just mentor them through the process of, of what, you know, the next life offers or what, what they can do um, with whatever it may be that they want to do. Um, you know, I think our, our average age is, you know, anywhere between, um, you know, we had, I think our youngest is might, might be 11 and our oldest might be, you know, 19, 20 years old. So within that age gap of, of, of all the kids that we already do mentor, it's been great to connect. Uh, and like I said, learn from each and every one of these individuals. Uh, I think the most gratifying messages that we get, um, you know, uh, or text messages or even phone calls or whatever it may be from these kids. Um, whether it's, you know, after speaking with us for four weeks, whether it's after speaking with, with, with for a day, um, is just, and, and also from the parents is just getting messages saying, you know, uh, you know, night and day, complete difference of what this kid's mindset was complete difference of just his work ethic and everything that you guys instilled and were able to be a part of and just creating, um, you know, an atmosphere to where this kid knows he can work so hard, but at the same time still have that fun and have, and have that confidence that they all deserve. Um, and so I think that's our, our ultimate, ultimate goal within everything is um, hopefully, you know, connecting with not only just individuals, but also with uh, tons of teams um, within the, within the academies that the MLS uh, provides and also 
um, you know, whether with colleges looking to make that next step into pro or even kids that are uh, in high schools that are looking for the college um, education of just knowing what it takes to be that 24 seven athlete. Um, because, you know, I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, Michael and I always had those conversations of, uh, you know, whether it was speaking to other people within podcasts or speaking to other people within interviews um, and just always going back to, you know, a lot of people on the, uh, I guess you could say, uh, within our time of playing, right? Everybody outcasts you, right? You're the soccer player, so you're not, you're not supposed to know what goes on in the corporate world. You're only focused on only one thing or whatever it may be. And a lot of people that you would go out to dinner with or that had nothing to do with soccer, they'd always say, "Well, your life is so easy. You know, you, you, you wake <laughs> up, you get to do what you wake up, you get to do what you love from, you know." uh, how long's your training? You know, it's from nine to ten thirty, and then you're done for the day. Well, you know, guess what? No, it's not because I get there at 7am. You know, I have to do uh, prehab and injury prevention. I have to get a massage every single day. So my body can be in tip top shape. Then after practice, I go to the gym every day. I keep myself accountable. I do ice bath. I do, you know, a hot bath or whatever, you know, a uh, cold tub or, and then I get more massage and I'm out of the uh, facility by, you know, two, 3pm. And then guess what? From 3 p.m. to 9:30 or 10, when I put my kids to bed, within that you know, within that time frame, I have to eat right, I have to rest right, I have to keep my legs up, I have to do so many different things, I have to foam roll, I have to continue to work right, and it's not you know working from nine to five and then getting home and you know ordering a pizza and you know watching your favorite movie, uh, <laughs> you know, it's the other things that you had to hold yourself accountable for 24 hours a day. Right. Because if that one 20 minutes within that night that you weren't able to get enough sleep or that you couldn't sleep because of insomnia or whatever pressure that you were dealing with, guess what? That was going to affect your, uh, you know, your ability to show up that next day. Uh, so, you know, I think I think uh, for us, uh, it's just helping a lot of these kids and we're speaking, you know, from the highest level. Right. But mm-hmm. just helping them understand that, you know if soccer is truly your passion, if this is something that you're truly passionate about and something that you are, you have that desire and you have that drive, there's a lot of work and sacrifices and effort that come behind it. Right. Um, it's not just, so oh, I'm really good at soccer and um, you know, this will be the rest of my life or this is going to create a college education. Even the kids that do go to college and are able to receive a college education because of soccer, they still have to hold themselves accountable, um, you know, at the highest level. And, um, you know, but, but not everybody, not everybody has that ability to have those tools. And so I think that one of those things to where we can say, okay, guess what? We've been there, done that. We've gone through that same process. Um, Michael and I in a, a very different way because he did the college uh, route and I did the, you know, leave home at an early age uh, process, but um, we're able to, um, you know, really share those experiences and, and, and guide kids through those same, um, you know, wisdom speeches that maybe one day we receive from others or just kind of personal things that we have dealt with or that we have gone through that, um, you know, ultimately help these kids understand that that 24 seven athlete is, 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 is achievable, right? Because those are things that you can control. It's amazing what you guys are doing and you guys are being real and honest with those kids. You're not giving them fake information. You guys have lived it. You've gone through it and you're giving them the real life version to help them make those decisions, get them in a positive mindset towards following their dreams. So it's just amazing what you guys are doing with the program. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, we're super excited. It's been, um, it's, it's been a true blessing of, uh, you know, Michael bringing me on and us having these conversations of, uh, you know, just having these aspirations, right? Everything starts with a dream and just, uh, you know, I'm sure there's so much more to come with it because it's been an awesome start. 
um, and, and we're looking into just continue to growing the game and continue to teaching these kids in, in so many different ways because uh, you know, I think that's the value of this sport is growing at such a high rate and it's, uh, and it's always leaving that mark and how you can change the development of, of, of what soccer is today. You know, I think ultimately um, it, it is sometimes hard to see uh, you know, even how expensive it can be to play soccer within the United States uh, and, and really pave that, that, that pathway for yourself uh, as, as a youth kid. So I think ultimately our goal is to just partner with so many different people and allowing those kids that may not have that same structure, might not have that same ability to, uh, to, to, to really, you know, take full advantage and control of, of their not only God-given talent, but the other tools that are that are key within, within, uh, within becoming something special within their life and reaching their full potential. So, um, you know, that's, that's our ultimate goal is just continue to change the game and give back to the game. What was given so much to us. So what does the future look like for you personally and professionally? What are you hoping to accomplish in the next couple of years? Yeah, I would say just continue to, to make an impact, not only on all these kids lives, um, on my personal life and, and, and my kids lives and my family's life, um, you know, I think just continue to make an impact in, in the right, the, the, the most righteous ways and, um, you know, have that humbleness, have that humility to, to always want to care and give back. Uh, you know, I think that's, that, that, you know, has always been a, a huge attribute of mine of just, you know, always wanting to, um, help out in, in, in any way whatsoever, um, throughout, even throughout my career and being, being involved and being, uh, an ambassador in so many different areas, um, you know, whether it was the Special Olympics team, whether it was, you know, uh, you know, orphanages, whatever it may have been, um, you know, humane societies uh, all across the country, uh, just so many different organizations that were a key part of, um, you know, my career as well uh, in, in the community life and, and what it was uh, on the outside of being who I was on, so- on the soccer field. Um, so I think uh, for myself just to continue to make an impact within the community. And now for me, I have that ability and that opportunity to make an impact in these kids' lives and in, in, in the most positive ways. Um, and, and just, like I said, continue to give back to a game that gave so much to me and whatever way I can do that. Um, so it may be. The final question I'll ask you, based on your journey and experience, for someone that's listening to this interview, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals, and rise to the challenge? I think you you say it right there with 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 your with your name, right? Rise to the challenge. If if you're if you do not ever rise to the challenge, you're never capable or willing to overcome those challenges or overcome those objectives or overcome those. Um, obstacles that you you have to face. Um, if you sit there and do nothing, then something's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. You always have to find a way to move forward. Always have to find a way to continue to work towards something that you love, whether it may be professional or personal, um, because that's the only way that you really see if you are capable and willing to rise to the challenge. Um, you know, I think uh, you know so many people uh, hold themselves back because you know they 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 think something is unattainable or they think something is, you know, too far beyond of something that they uh, have dreamt or something that they don't think they're capable of. But, um, you know, you never know if you don't try. I couldn't tell you how many clubs that, you know, I think that's something to also tell these kids as well. You know, it's, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've failed as a person and as a player, how many times I've failed um, in not making a team or I've failed in doing so many different things. But, um, you know, I never know if I were going, if I was going to fail or make it, if I wouldn't have tried and r- risen up to that challenge. So, 
Um, you know, you never know until you don't try. Um, and, and if you do fail, guess what? That just gives you more momentum and more experience to, uh, to do better the next time around. Well, Gregory, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we're excited to see what the future has for you. I appreciate it, buddy. Big time. Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow and subscribe on all major audio platforms and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to see the full-length episode in video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.